As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Your online home for the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is thisisbracketracing.com. Find the latest episodes, the complete archives, and tons of additional racing-related resources on thisisbracketracing.com today. And it's all that we know, it's the way you lie. Give all that we got, ride at a time. Do whatever we got to do. We never know if it's our one last ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. It's time for The Big Interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, joining us today here on the big interview of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is, this is a special treat for me, guys. This is going to be a good time. Joining us today, Danny Bastianelli, a.k.a. the Delaware Destroyer. And before I even throw this over to Danny, let me just share a little bit of personal history. As most of you know, I grew up like infatuated with the sport of racing. I grew up in the Texas area, so... Scotty and Edmund and Jeff and Jeremy Heffler and Tommy Phillips and those guys really kind of turned me on to this kind of subculture of the, you know, the traveling racing community and the quote unquote professional bracket racer. And a lot of those stories centered around a a group of guys. And one of those guys was always Danny Bastianelli And, and consuming that information in my youth was a little bit different than it is today. So it was a lot of national dragster and drag review and a lot of 
Bracket Racing USA and just picking up on stories and things like that. But always some of the best stories, some of the most entertaining stories seem to include this guy here. So I'm hoping we can get into a little bit of that. Uh, without further ado, Danny Bastinelli, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be here, Luke. Absolute pleasure having you on. So let's just go back to where it all began because we're going to get into stuff that I don't know about you. And I think that's super exciting. So where did your racing journey start? Like what is your earliest memory of racing and, and how did it progress from there? It's 1972. I bought my 67 Ford Mustang Fastback 289 four barrel single exhaust so i waited until i had enough money saved up to put duels on it and uh dj gray was my neighbor and he was a car you know gearhead too and he went uh he and i just went down to us 13 drag i'd never been there before never had seen drag racing on tv we grew up without a tv uh, seven kids in the family. Sports was the big thing. Dad started wrestling. He coached a lot of sports, but we all wrestled. And uh, so DJ and I went down to the track, and I didn't know anything about staging or anything. So I'm out there, and he's waving me forward. <laughs> I don't know if he knew, you know, that I had to be up to the beams or not, but somehow I got up there, and I took off, and wheel hopped my way into second gear. And I think I went to 1585 on my first trip down, and by Middle of summer, I had it down to 1463. We had uh, three different cones back then. It started the mile an hour, stopped the, fin the finish line, and then stopped the mile an hour. And they were like, I think they were still 66 apart. And I raced the first year. I won three stock five eliminators and one uh, overall. They had a stock four, five, six, and seven. And those classes would run off. And it was like 10 bucks or trophy to win <laughs> stock fives and 25 if you won the whole thing. And I think I beat Bunky Truett in the final. And the first year, I mean, because I didn't talk to too many people. I just did my own thing, you know. Now we try to coach people at the track, you know. But back then it was a little bit different. So um, I ran to the first mile an hour late the whole first year. <laughs> I was listening there. So it worked out sometimes. So, <laughs> so I was a little embarrassed when I found out that I wasn't even going to the finish line every time. So, you know, and I think second year they changed class a little bit. I was, you know, more cars, tougher people. And I, I didn't have any wins. I think I had two seconds and two fourths that second year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just self-taught kind of, you know. Where were you? Huh? Where was I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little before my time, man. I agree. No, it was it, my, I mean, my understanding was a different time. The people that did figure things out were much more secretive about it. Right. Like, what was the process like to get from that point to what you ultimately became, like one of the, the top premier bracket racers in the country? Well, we just, little by little, tried to go faster and faster, right? And then, well, I, w I always ran a stick shift car until 1980. I think in 1979, there was an article in Superstock Magazine and it said the 40 best bracket racers in the country. And I saw, and then all the pictures were from 7580 and Byron Dragway. So I started looking around, found out that's where the bigger money was. I said, well, I'm going to get me an automatic transmission and I want to get on that list. So I, I built a quick escape. It was uh, two guys that had left S&W, Mang and Smith, put my roadster together for me. And then we modified it a little bit each year. I started with a, I thought I had taken a stripped C6 transmission up to them 
and it was an FMX. It wasn't even a C6. <laughs> so they built it for that, and then I had to make it the C6 fit in it. I mean, that was a very poor choice, you know, and I didn't know. And I didn't, you know, didn't have enough good guidance. And second year, we put a power glide in it, put it on alpha. I was on gas first year, but, like, I won Super Pro, paid 200 at home, 250 maybe, you know. And um, I won six eliminators, doubled up with the old brown pickup truck. I run street with it and super pro with the other one. And then Becky and I, girlfriend at the time, 1980, uh, they had a four-day race out at Byron Dragway, and that's where all those people were at. So I took off out there. I had a, a cammed up 302 in the pickup truck with a C4 towing an open trailer with my road strong. Last I checked, that was not. Those were good times, boy. You know, <laughs> you didn't even think, think one bit about loading up going like with tolls gas or anything mm-hmm. you know like you do now take me back to that super stock greg illustrated top 40 like do you remember any of the names on that list who was ruling oh, the roost oh yeah point? we went to the sbra race last year at um mason dixon and God, he came over and i told him I, and he was one of the guys that was on it um maybe it'll come to me in a little bit but it might have been guys like Tommy House, right, the Wild Bunch guy. Because back then, I think that's all he did was brackets. No, I can't really. I'm having trouble. Sure, sure. That. So take me through that first trip to Byron. Like, that was the first okay, so out-of-town we, trip? We, we, yeah, we took um, – um, I'd been out of town locally, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's see. That, it was the end of the year when I won that one at, um, at, at Colonial Beach. But so I hadn't been that far. I mean, that's – a good ride from <laughs> something, you know, from Georgetown. So I get out there and they have a Friday night warm up race and it pays like five hundred to win. Third round I read, I just about grabbed the beer and they called my car number back to the lanes. The guy that I red light against wasn't supposed to be in the race. They put me back in. <laughs> I got to the final and red lighted again. And I put that on uh, the Facebook page of uh Byron Dragway old memories or something. You can see my car in the background. They don't mention my name, you know, because that was like a little race. Uh, Larry Erickson, you know Larry. Yeah, yeah. He won the big race. He won the big race that year in that Easy Money Vega. But mm-hmm. it was kind of neat because we had a little bit of rain, so I'd go up the tower, and Johnny LaBeouf is up there, and he's throwing dice. I met uh, Joanne and Nick Iruzzi in the pay line at the, the last day. Monday rained out, 16 left. We were still in. It's just funny how many of those people, like, still talk to you every time we go to a race it's great you know right that's kind of the, the neatest thing about it i didn't do anything i got runner up friday night at like 200 and now i got the split on on monday i think you know i don't remember how much that was but you know we had a blast you know and that so started i tried it. to go out at least uh once in 81 83 i think i went twice i won my first thousand dollar race out there i beat don hansen in the final and it was in hot rod magazine you know he's got these pictures down at his house and then uh, one of my first five grand beat Jay Yours and that little Chevette. Did you ever remember Jay Yours? How much yeah. difference in age is there? When did you start? When was uh, 16? Well, I turned 16 in 97. Okay, Started so you were just a young kid when, when I was jumping off the side of the boat at Cohen's Wedding and thrown <laughs> in jail and all that stuff. You were just, you were young. Yep, yep, yep. You were going, that's me, man. <laughs> 
I'm surprised you're not a Ford guy, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I if there's one thing I always remember about Danny, it's in Fords and going fast. Like, was that yeah. always the MO? Mm, well, if money was good, the Ford right. was in it. If I was down on money, I had a Chevy in it, but I'd always go race, you know? <laughs> but um, I, I just kind of fell into it. I went to the block to dry something in the toilet. I won a five grander at MIR and run it up at Capitol Sunday on the way home. It's a Saturday race. You can see it on YouTube. It's got, uh, it's called the 1984 Super Stakes. I was on gasoline. <laughs> we were towing it back. And the vet, so I, I win a five and run it up, like got 150 bucks of Capitol or something like that. And then come home and put the toilet on it. And I was, when I called John Eggers is the guy that developed that. He told me I was the, the first drag racer east of the mississippi he said i was the third drag racer to call it and i put it on there we won the little, little guy nationals and super comp and i didn't have a throttle stop i was just paddling it you know and we went down to Rosso five day and it was 508 different entries in the five days and we had the quickest car down there it went 823 162 with and, you know and, the, and in the car the toilet's real obvious right Right. Back then, I only had a breather. I only had a breather on top of it, so everybody was looking. And man, the next year there was tons of. I mean, that sold performance sells better than anything. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't have to say two words. You know, if your car's fast and they see something different on there, that's good times. Yeah. So Fitz was Dennis Fitz was one hundred behind me. <laughs> it was a fun day in a month and had nitrous on it. Went 824 at Rosso in 1984. 84, wow. So at that time, you're, you're, you're leading the pack. Like that's uh, not – there's some innovation on your part, like being the first drag racer doing something like that. You're in a drag so you're going fast, you're winning, so you're selling parts. Yeah. Like through that, when you look back on your career to this point, like, is that the golden age? Like, it seems like you've had fun throughout, but is that like some of your best memories in that range? Yeah, it was pretty neat. Like now, you know, you can buy fast dragsters. Sure. Know? If you want to go to the million, you can, you can, you know, you can run four thirties if you want to run four, if you got the money, you couldn't back then, you know, mm-hmm. in 1989 at Moroso, I won a seven forty eight in that heat. And then over the winter, NHRA came up with a 750 rule for practice. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of that? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was wanting to go here. Let's go, go on. Yeah. Okay. So at that race, Bailey was his last name. Yeah, the guy from Missouri. I, he Jerry Bailey. 770s, Cofield 790s. And give you a little perspective, Cohen was going 820s, mm-hmm. you know? And there was only three of us in the sevens. I was a half second ahead of almost everybody, dude. And I was even, you know, it was just by mistake. I bought a Seacono car with 23 runs on it. And then I just kept it light. And, of course, I wasn't as big back then. I probably weighed 160 pounds back then. You know, it was fun, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we had some good times. Okay. Now, see, and that's the, year, that's the year of Royce's car, right? So, Cohen calls me, right, during the year. He said, did Royce call you? I said, yeah. He says, are you, are you in? I said, yeah. He said, we're the two biggest ducks in that race. Remember the 16 car? Sure. This was at West Palm, right? That was at West Palm that mm-hmm. year, 1989. So and it's a 16 car field running off for Royce Miller's dragster, correct? 2,100 to enter. 
It was uh, the hundred bucks per second was going to give the you know, runner up twenty one hundred back, and winner got the car. And I and <laughs> I finished third in the world in top sportsman because they didn't have pro mod yet. That's so when it was all combined, this, right? Dragsters yeah, and this cars. Was back when, you know, I ran Coolman first round at Darlington when I won that race. <laughs> so here I am with a box and a dragster, and these guys are spraying and they're on the bottom with a clutch. I'm going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, but it was hard to get in though, too, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was there, sometimes there was no dragsters, you know? And uh, let's see. So. <laughs> Where I was going with this, I was, so Tony calls says we're the two biggest ducks in it, and it was him and me and him in the final. So yeah, let's let's go there. That's a sixteen car runoff for Royce Miller's Dragster, twenty one hundred dollar entry fee in the mid eighties. So that's unheard of. I know where I was going with this. Okay, so I finished third in the world with IHRA and that, and NHRA and Super Comp, right? Mm-hmm. I've been all over the country. I've spent. I was spent out. I tried to back out of it, and Dalber wouldn't let me. <laughs> I was putting all Florida on a credit card, and then we ended up. I actually got more money than anybody because Cohen had a backer, uh-huh. so he had he split his in half. So I got twelve thousand six forty five, and I thought I was an I got him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for the whole season in that day and age, right? And then we took everybody out to Bennigan. So you heard that story. Ah, uh, bits and pieces, right? You know, people are leaving because it's the last day at Morosa. And I said, I, you know, they were calling him Super Steve. I call him Stupid Steve. So I said, Happy Dan and Stupid Steve invite everybody that can hear this. The Bennigans, we're buying. And we, there was 100 people there. It was the bill. Was, they brought the bill over. It was 1580 and they'd already put the tip in. And Cohen goes, he goes, wait a minute. Let me look at that. I said, Cohen, you don't even know half these people. I said, just give me 800 bucks and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, dude. I've got to ask if you can even, if you can remember the origins, where did the nickname Delaware Destroyer come from? Kevin McKenna. Okay. He, yeah, I think, I don't know if it was because I was tearing up stuff or, you know, or he just thought it sounded cool, but. Either tearing up stuff or tearing up the competition, some, some combination of both. Yeah. So he hung it on me and I started putting it on the cars. I liked it. Nice. Nice. Now, I have this vague recollection of this, and this may be complete revisionist history. Like, this may be a wives' tale, but I have this recollection, and I'm even trying to put myself there, because I know you traveled around a lot. I, I want to say this was at Dallas, but I may be completely off base. But I've been to Dallas and Houston. And okay. I've even been to, uh, what's the name of your little track, the one you were talking about with uh, Heffler and Richardson? Oh, and yeah, Texas that. Raceway, yep. Texas Raceway. I yep. went there. I got a four. I got a four second plaque from there. Yeah, we but used to have it in on ninety and ninety two. They gave this little wooden plaque. I remember they had it in the tower, and they would add a nameplate to everybody that went for something. Bastianelli's on that. That's cool. That's cool. So. But at any rate, like I say, I may have the 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 date, the location, all backwards. But you'd mentioned you go seven forties, and NHRA implements this seven fifty rule. And I want to say it was a national event in Supercomp, and you've got the buy run, like, I want to say at three cars. And I don't know if it was planned or not. Knowing you, I assume it was. The <laughs> throttle stop goes off, and you blast off, like, way faster than 750 and get in a mess of trouble. Like, take me through that story. <laughs> All right. Well, I've done it about four times. Oh, okay. All right. Two were back-to-back. 
the first two were back-to-back weekends, and they didn't give me a hard time because they didn't really have the 750 standard. It was an 89. In 89, okay. I had a buy in the semis and LaBouche Sr. in the final. So I ripped it. It went 770 with a three at 171 miles an hour, okay? And he beat me. But the scoop blew straight up in the air on the run, and I found that on the Internet. <laughs> you can slow it down and see it. You remember that. I, when he finally got on Facebook and I put some picture up there, he goes, yeah, I remember your scoop blew straight up. <laughs> so he, he walks me and, and looked like I might have lifted and let him back by because he couldn't even run. But, like, he ran like a 94 in the final. That's all mm-hmm. he could go. And, of course, we were, stutter, we were stuttering back then, and that was pretty good, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. not as good as today, but it was good. Right. So, I run her up there. So the very next weekend, we go back to Maple Grove and Mitch Smith and I and Becky, and he had his little dog with him. And we stayed at the hotel together. We were late getting there. We come over the hill and there's five cars left in Supercom. <laughs> so we told the Hellmans, Jay Hellman and Jack Hellman, I said, go tell them that there was a car accident and we've done the best we can. See if they'll let us run each other. Because it's first round, they didn't pair them then, okay? And okay. they got Bernstein there and somebody else, like, you know, because it's a bug blood, super stock Nash. So they let us. So I beat Mitch. And then he tried to kill me the rest of the day because he drug me back after every run about 48 mile an hour, you know. Fast enough, I couldn't stop the drag. So I knew I was going to eat that crew before the day was over. But <laughs> So I get to the semis again. I ripped her again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it went exactly the same. I still oh, got wow. clips. It, it went set, and that shouldn't, right? I mean, Columbus is an altitude track. It should be slow. That's how screwed up our tune-up was. But anyway, it went another 773, 171, and I lost that final to a dentist and tools. I don't think he's won but that race in his life. He, I was 16 to his 19, and that knucklehead went a 91 with something, and I went like a 94. I went, oh, my God, I just can't win. Runner-up, runner-up, runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe the one you're thinking of was 94 Gator Nationals. Seven okay. cars, seven left. I got to buy. It's got 744 on my tire because I got semis at Darlington on the way down there. I lost to Bob Harris, and he was debuting the very first race tech. Russ, that's where I met Russ Farmer. Okay. That. And and Bob went on and won it. He beat me in the semis. We we're both double O, and he whooped me, and he went on and won it. Then. So it's got 744 on the tire. So I, I blast down there. Chris Hall was my crew chief. <laughs> and we had, I don't know why, but we didn't have my throttle stop with me. So we borrowed a box, car, uh, I don't know, throttle stop from somebody. It has a nine-volt battery in it. You got to turn the switch on. Yep. So it was duct taped to the back of the car. So Chris would come on and turn the switch on. So that time he just didn't do the turn the switch on. He says he had the battery in his pocket. I don't know. So I go 749 with a six. I mean, I'm just barely under, right? So I pulled the chute all the time. I get out, get the chute, put it in the seat. And I start to drive back up the stage and lanes and this division director stopped me. And it was six or seven. Cause guess who I got to run in the semis? Kyle Seifel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, they go, did you just run a seven forty something? I said, I don't know. I, I don't have my time slip yet. I'm not to the ticket booth. I said, but something happened to the problem stop. He said, he said, uh, go to the tech area. I said, I'm still in the race. He says, we'll determine if you're still in the oh, race. Oh, okay. So they read me the riot act. <laughs> and then they let me go up there. Okay, and so then you run Kyle. 
Kyle's in one. I got Edmonds Motor, and I don't know. You know, it was a team effort. There's a whole bunch of them up there. And, I mean, Scotty and Evan and I are, are tight now, but there was times when we were like, you know, you're fighting each other. You know, sure. it's, like a, it's like a fist fight while you're racing, you know. And <laughs> they were they, they had cops strapped in the car, and they were pushing back and forth to see where I was, where I was going to be. I said, I tell you what you guys do. You push that thumb way up there, and that's what it's going to look like. I'm going to spin his head around. <laughs> 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 and that's the round I should have thrown out. I was I went a 94, and he broke out, and I beat him. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't throw it out. I pulled four numbers out. I got Scotty in the final. I'm 11 to his 30. And I went down there and lifted, but he dumped so hard. I, I watched it on TV and you know later on, and his car was all over the track. He hit so hard. But he did the right thing. God, I broke out. I could have cried. could have cried. <laughs> and that was my fourth runner-up, dude. So, and, then, and then I didn't get to another final until 97, and it was me and Scotty again. And that time he treated me. He was 403 to my 404 in the final. Oh, wow. And I went down there and – I said, I ain't screwing this one up. And I watched him, watched him, watched him. I took my foot out just a little bit as I went by. And I went a 92.6. And I think he went a 93.4 on the brakes. So he ain't infallible because he had a little bit to work with there. He didn't get it done. And you talk about screaming in a car, dude. Huh? I mean, I don't shut mine off. I heard one of your interviews about screaming in the car. I don't shut mine off because it's toilet. And I don't want to put all that algae in it and it's dry sure. something. So you ain't got to worry about that. So I hang the shoot out and I was just screaming in that car. It was so loud. They might have heard me at the start line. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first national event win. Where was that at? Uh, Maple Grove. Okay. Reading, Pennsylvania. How many yeah, other probably, national events have you, did you end up winning or have you won? That's it. That's just it. the one? Really? Okay. Yeah. Over the years, I, I like, run it up twice in San Air, run it up at Columbus, run it up at Gainesville, and then won that one. Wow! One right. time, I'm a one-hit wonder, dude. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to all your big dollar bracket success, there was an area you mentioned running IHRA Top Sportsman. You had a lot of success in that class, and then ultimately IHRA Top Dragster too. Or was that around the time frame that that switched over? Yeah, yeah. I won uh, Darlington in 89 after we got out of jail. Remember when you were – Whoa, whoa, whoa. Down? I can't let that go. Let's, <laughs> let's hear – it's story time, Danny. Let's hear this one. You, you and Meemaw, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. I went home, and you took his stuff down there, and we're pitted next to each other, and yep. I used to carry a, you know, a picture book with me and show the you know, guys I hadn't seen all year. They're asking how you're doing. We didn't have Facebook back then, right? So – if you wanted to share stories and I like to share pictures anyway, you know, so, and you, you were working on your car a little bit. And I talked to somebody. I said, I said, yeah, this race was one when we got out of jail. You said, that ain't starts with that. I got a list of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I beat Butler in the final. I was low qualifier because none of the nitrous cars wanted to go to LaRue. So first time I ever go to LaRue, I'm low qualifier. That, and, and like I said, we've been at the Kentuck race and, Saturday night, we went out and had a big time, and Happy Harry was with me, Jim Harrington. <laughs> and I don't know, somehow I kicked the side wind out of a cop car with my flip-flop, and they threw us all in jail. Steve Johnson was with us, man. Did you know that? Who was? Induction. Induction solution. Oh, okay. Steve Johnson. <laughs> so there's some of, the, some of the story got glazed over there, but somewhere along the way, kicked the window out of a cop car with a flip-flop. 
and had to go to jail. And so they put us in jail. So Anthony only had enough cash to get him and Harry out. So they passed the helmet around at Bowling Green. They only got six bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's IHRA, you said, was that LaRue? Is that Ohio? Well, we were at Bowling Green, 10 ducks. And then yeah, we left there, went to Mitch's house, stayed a few days, and then went to LaRue. And I had put the 370 gear in it for 10 top, trying to make it calmer. So we put the 411 back in when we got to LaRue, and we were 763, was low qualifier. And some of the nitrous guys that were there just couldn't get down the track as well as they would have if it was a better racetrack. And they had a heads up, eight quick eight. I won that. I beat, <laughs> I beat the last two on the whole shot. <laughs> they actually outran me, and I treated them enough to get there. And then uh, beat Butler in the final for the national event the next day. We went and stayed at Jackie's house that night before we head back to Delaware. <laughs> okay, so of all of the the success that you've had, like let's focus on that for a second. The, the big dollar bracket racing, NHRA, IHRA, uh, we'll get to all the fun you've had later. Like they, they seem to kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> but in terms of, of event wins over the, the history of your career, like what stands out? What would you consider your, your crowning achievement on the racetrack? Well, a lot of times I look at the money, you know. So Jones was the biggest because that's back when, you know, it, it, I missed two stickers or it would have been 188. I got yeah. $7,500. They paid for five different things. You know, mm-hmm. but it's just not, not the same anymore. But and then the car deal with twelve thousands, and then I won two uh, national events in one day up in Empire Dragway. I beat Anthony in the final of the bracket race. I won all rounds in one day. So and that was uh, eighty eight hundred, counting everything. Nice. One it's one, yeah, because IHR used to have an ET bracket at the national events. Plus, was it not every, not everywhere, but a lot of them. And we used to always get in it just so we get more runs and stuff, you know. Sure. So, so it was that a double up between that and eight ninety? No, top top dragster, top dragster, dragster, or top sports or whatever it was at the time. Yes, dragster. No sport. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) How many IHR national events have you won? Do you know off the top of your head? six okay cool and what about like uh season long points chase did you ever chase it long enough to finish top five or anything like that yeah well in like the 89 i was third in both top sportsmen and you know never won a world championship the third's the highest i've gotten i was ninth in super comp one year 12th (laughs) one year and of course they they the same year they put the 750 uh speed limit on they put the uh silver card in Okay. Yep. For that, and so I got free entry in the national bets with uh, that third place finish. Ran a number three on, but I got pictures with nine on, twelve, thirteen. I won a division in '95. First year I built my new car. You know, that's a proud moment. You know, no doubt. I, took, I, I built. Uh, uh, you know, I don't weld. My brother-in-law Gary Owens, he did all the welding for me and stuff. And but we got a lot of time in that. I mean, we spent seven days a week, ten-hour days, three months to build that car. You know, and then out of the box. I mean, I went to the quarterfinals at Del Mar, seven fifty-four, first hit. You know, we were trying to stay above the seven fifty. Mm-hmm. So, and then to be able to win a division championship with it, you know. You talked about outpacing the field at Moroso by nearly half a second. 
I know that that was always a pursuit. Like when I first started going to Florida, it was always, you were in the running for low ET yeah, every year. What's the fastest that you've been? 670 at 196. So that's in your drag 24. Yeah. It would need no water in it, water pump, no fittings, you know, 1425 with me in it, Luke. 1425. With me in it. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Oh man, I, there's I could just listen to you tell stories all day. I, here's where I want to go with this, if you'll if you'll oblige me. I want to name off a racer or two, and you've mentioned some of them that you you've run with and spent some time with, and I just want to hear the first thing that comes to mind, or maybe a story associated with them, like wherever you want to go with it. Okay. Okay. Let's start with Harrington, Jim Harrington. Harry was he really a smart guy. I mean, mm -hmm. he always would come over and when I was messing with the nitrous, because like I started from scratch. First time we sent nitrous down that thing, it was down a brake line aimed right down the middle of the toilet. <laughs> Billy Groton was down at Morosa. It was in 96 and he had a rain delay. So nobody was going to get a time run. I said, hey, we ain't going to get a time run anyway. Good time to try nitrous. Billy was holding on to the solenoid with a 10-ounce bottle, and I hit the button, and it spun him around and said, that's probably good right there. <laughs> and we went out there, and I only turned it on for like a second to pick up a tenth. Wow. Pull over for a second. Right off the starting line? Harry used to always come over and ask me what I'm doing and look at my setup, and, and, and he was a lot smarter mechanically, I think, than a lot of people thought. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, just because he was a, a good racer and a good time, he, he was a smart guy. Yeah, no question. Randy Folk. He threw a good party. That's how I met him out of Byron. Oh, and you'll imagine like that. <laughs> My first five grander, right? We had a little bit of rain, and Randy beat me at eight cars and won the morning five grander. And then I beat him at eight cars and beat Jay Ears in the final in the second. Nice. Uh, Randy and I, had, uh, here's a good Randy story. He came out to an MIR race that was big and it rained out. And he left his stuff there and went home with somebody else or flew home and he was going to come back. Didn't happen. He calls me. I'm going out to Byron Dragway, 19, I think 85. I think I was pulling the, my dragster then. And we went by MIR and picked his rig up. And Becky drove my rig all the way and I drove his. And every time we stopped for any reason, it wouldn't start. I had to clean the battery cable, jump <laughs> it. There was blood all over the side of that van. Had a half steering in the steering wheel. And we're on the Pennsylvania plate. And I'm fighting for my life to keep it off the 18-wheeler and the guardrail. All the way out there, dude. I was, it was exciting. But we've been real close ever since. He owes me. <laughs> he still owes you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, okay, you mentioned earlier uh, John Laboose. John Laboose, yep. Known him for a long time, too. Little John, you know, he, he we're, we're close now. He, he would come down. It was either him or Kenny Underwood would, would pick up my time slips, you know, because I'd pull the chute to stop down there. And when I'm spraying, they all – so in your it's big, big races, you got plenty of time. So they take their scooter, pick up my time slip, and come down there to me. So, but Big John, yeah, I mean, he's been around forever, right? He was, he was part of the, of the early, you know, all-timers, you know, been to every one of the, of the Morosos. Larry Doggett was really close with John <laughs> in the early years. You remember, I don't know if you know his name or not. But um, – and uh, – Let's see, and uh, out at uh, 
firing, right? He's up there shooting dice and stuff, and he's got that uh, ramp truck with the horns on it that played all kinds of different songs. You, you ever hear about that? Uh, <laughs> no. you know, I've seen the ramp truck. truck. I missed the horns. horns with tunes. You push a button, you got 19 buttons. Yeah, <laughs> Always the life of the show, huh? Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Edmund. Edmund Richardson. Edmund and I, we've had some good battles. Mm-hmm. He whips me most of the time. I've got him a few. Had some awkward through the years, a little bit from little altercations here or there. You know, Scotty's a little bit more. I don't know. Scotty's more jovial. <laughs> but I, I got the enormous amount of respect for Edmund. I mean, he is the king. I mean, he's done it all. You know. Sure. I mean, sure. He, he he made this stuff what it is. How about George Rupert? George Rupert, good friend at MR one time. He won a five grander. The guy went red. George blew the motor and hit the wall. No in kidding. The in the final. In the final. Because remember, Peter had something this this year, right? He won two tens in one day. Yeah, that's right. You know yep. about that? In uh, Tucson, and the, the, yeah. And the second one, the guy crossed the center line or something happened. Yep, what, after what Peter's that? red light, Peter yeah. Red, yep. And the other guy lost control or something. And uh, and that made me think back to George's. I said, no, they got it right. Uh, there was somebody that was upset about the call. Right. But that is the right call, you know. You mentioned Anthony. Anthony Bertozzi. Well, here's another one about George. Okay. I was running Pro ET with my Mustang and Street with my truck. Qualified both of them for York, Pennsylvania, 1979. George wins Super Pro. We're eating at a diner, and he's right behind me. Never met him yet, never talked to him. Still did. Just listen. He's holding court with all them guys. I'm, I'm soaking it in, baby. How about that one? <laughs> it's funny. We started this conversation talking about, you know, a different time and age, like, if you had to pick someone, I don't know if mentor is the right word, but someone that you learn the most from, either directly or just from watching them do what they do, is there anybody that comes to mind there? Yeah, Terry Sinky was a big one, mm-hmm. you know, and mechanically too. Terry was really good mechanic. Mm-hmm. I followed him to, I didn't know how to get, if, if Terry's trailer wasn't in front of me, I couldn't find Darlington or Rockingham for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> he was better than a GPS back then. <laughs> uh, okay let me switch to uh anthony Bertozzi. oh yeah we've had a lot of good times um lee mclaughlin i don't know how well you knew lee lee's bar and grill he towed me to several races and he lives right near anthony i mean that's okay. how i met him was through, through anthony and uh yeah anthony's he's amazing what he can do with a car man his concentration level the things he does I mean, for not being that mechanical. Here's one from Anthony. We're down uh, 94. Yeah, because that was the year Courtney was born. We're down in Carolina Dragway. And there was like four GEDs in the IHRA field. And they wanted them to pull the head off. So Anthony comes over and says, destroy it. He said, they want me to jerk the head off, and I can't do that to the car. (laughs) (laughs) So... We took it over. I said, I'll help you out. So we took it over, and they didn't care, so we're drinking, right? Every Budweiser we drank, we just hang it in the tree, and it became the beer tree. So we got the head off, and he was the only legal. Right? So we put it back together, and believe it or not, I had never worked with a crank trigger with, uh, you know, ever. 
I had always had magnetic pickup stuff. So uh -huh. I had to ask other people how to do that, but I got it all back together. And the next day, I think most people were like four slow. He was three fast. <laughs> <laughs> you put the tune up on him for him, huh? And he won it. He won that race too. Imagine that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Where else can I go? Um, how about Jaggy? Yeah, Jaggy. Did you see the picture at Norwalk? 1989. Is it with a mullet? You see it? <laughs> I vaguely remember it. Yep. How old was How old was he at that time? Your guess is good as mine. How much difference <laughs> is there between you and him? Yeah. He's a couple years older than I am, but he wasn't. He wasn't driving age, right? Uh, I think he was. Real yeah. close. Yeah. Okay. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have been there if he wasn't driving. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, but he couldn't have been much much past 16. Country. Yeah. We went to Norwalk. 849 was as slow as you could dial. Okay. So this we is... stuttered 849, and I beat them all at Norwalk, and the next day we went to Dragway 42. Listen to this. Jay, Jay Hellman had a hotel room. We didn't leave the track till like 3 in the morning, right? So we, it was like 5.30 or something, and they're up and getting showered, so they left the, the hotel room, and they went to the track, and we just waited, you know, went to sleep. They woke us up about 10.30, 11. So we go to the track, never made a time. Never been to this racetrack before. And it was quarter mile. So I asked a whole bunch of people, you know, how much different than yesterday and all that. Put my numbers in. Three rounds won the race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was 2,400 cash and condensed season. 1,200 cash, 1,200 condensed And I never picked my money up for Saturday. So they're all day long, they're announcing. Fast night, if you don't come get this money, we're going to have some big old party. I said, I nah, just keep it. I'm, I'm going to double. It's double or nothing today, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, 849, the slowest you they can. They outlawed it. They outlawed it. It was good for that weekend, and then they threw it out. Nope, can't do that no more. No right. I, mean, I assume the advantage to being right on the bump was it was a blinded tree or something like that? Well, you just crossing different tracks, never been there. Too many, <laughs> too many other variables, right? Right. You're going to do a whole lot better with what's looking at you than what's looking away from you, you know? So, <laughs> uh, Ron Miller in the final. Remember when Ron Miller had small block dragsters? Yep. And then sure. he went mountain motor pro stock. How about Royce, Royce Miller? Oh, yeah. Great guy. We've always had a lot of fun together. He'll tell the story. He beat me in super comp at his track, right? And I'm driving over to the center line to try to judge him because I didn't have a throttle stop on, and he's all the way over at the guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> get away from me, and he beat me. He, he never, he never forgets telling me about that. <laughs> the, when he won the San Air race, right? Yeah, I lost to him in the in, at six cars, and he went on. That's all. Yeah, I think that's the only national that he's ever won, right? Yeah, he won. I think an I tray and an any tray in the same year. Not sure, but you know, good guy, good racer, a lot of fun together. You talked a little bit earlier about how it was nothing to hop in a half-ton pickup truck and drive halfway across the country. You've probably got a laundry list of them, but give me one good story from the road. Oh, my God. I'm coming home from Canada. I'm by myself, and I'm nodding in and out a little bit. Right on, It's 3 in the morning. And I, I meant to, to hit an exit, and I missed it because I was nodding. I'm running out of gas. So I got to get off. So I get off, and I'm on this windy road, and the thing quits. 
and I'm on a windy road. If somebody comes up, they're going to clobber me. Like I leave my lights on. I go back in the trailer. I got nothing but alcohol, dude. I poured alcohol in that old 86 Chevy crew cab full 54 gas. She's going out me now, baby. She <laughs> wasn't idle, but she would run. It was fast. You can help me fast. I got back on the highway and got went far enough that I found a gas station. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> and you could tell it was faster. I think. I think I'm going to close on that. Usually, you're probably familiar with this. You said you listened to the episode with Evan. Usually, we close with some rapid fire. I'm not prepared for this, but I think I can come up with something if you're up for it. Are you up for yeah. it, Danny Bastian? <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead. What is one of your weird quirks? I guess, um, you know, what do they call it when you keep doing something over and over again? Can't even think of the name of it. <laughs> well, I mean, they say insanity is doing the same thing again, looking for a different result. <laughs> <laughs> a different result. <laughs> They're repetitive? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, you know. I'll wipe something more times than I should. Not that I'm a big cleaner, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen my race cars, but no, they don't get clean. But, you know, and I think, well, probably a lot of people do that. But in the car, you know, I'll check the shifter a bunch of times. And nitrous bottle, I'm, you know, forever staying on it, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a good thing, right? Thinking ahead, how many rounds I can get out of this bottle before I need to swap the other one in, put it in the cooler, get it cold so I can get enough nitrous in it to go to the next round now that stuff. Hey, I want a five grand or spray and start to finish. You beat me in the first round. And the cool thing is on Drag Race Central, they can't tell it. It just says I ran your first round. Don't say you beat me. <laughs> but the buybacks go into the next round, right? This so was Bradenton. You have to know that you won. Oh, look, happy damn beat boy guy. <laughs> uh one of my OCD. favorite is that what it is ocd yes that yes that yeah that's a that's what i was about to I'm throw OCD out yeah. about a lot of dumb stuff you know stuff that shouldn't matter we, well we've got that in common so <laughs> one of my favorite questions to throw out and i bet you'll have a good answer for it and all your travels the most unique racing facility you've ever been to the most unique I mean, Tri-State seemed weird with the grass in the middle. Yeah, the median you know, is unique. Yeah, The first time I went there. Been to Muncie, and it's got grass in the middle. Didn't race there, though. Went there with Mitch. He was testing tuning. I was staying with him. I don't know. You stumped me. <laughs> I remember, but I don't even know the name of it, but I remember a little Idre track we went to that they were warning everybody. It was eighth mile, and they were warning everybody about getting stopped because there was a bridge at the end of it, and then there was all kinds of poles down there and all kinds of stuff, you know? We, I went to uh, – we went – before they had the 10 tuck, we went out to Clarksville, Tennessee, Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. And the Saturday night race was Tennessee. So I'll, down, I'll have to go down just to see where I'm going to go if something does go wrong. <laughs> And there was there was race cars hanging in the trees down there. I went. <laughs> <laughs> that that had to have been in Music City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's it used Friday. to go. Wasn't it Clarksville Friday, Music City Saturday, Bowling Green Sunday? Wasn't that yeah, the original Tento? 
One time, George Rupert brought us all home and we left our stuff there because it had snow or rain or something. And it was snow on the way home. And we stopped in a rest area and George was walking by me and Becky and I are laying in the ground, you know, on the, on the carpet covered up. But there's like nine people in there. So there's not a place to sit or anything. I'm trying to get some sleep. And, and then and I look out and the 18 wheelers are moving. You ever, you ever get that sensation? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm yeah. thinking that we're moving. George, got in the park. <laughs> for some yeah, reason, I've never forgot that. There's a there's a Rupert story for you. What is the most interesting thing that you have in your wallet? I don't carry it now, but I used to carry. Um, when I was in college, Spencer Booth and I got arrested for stealing furniture out of a lounge, and they took our mugshot, and then they forgot to advance the number, so they gave us the mugshot. So <laughs> I used to carry that with me. That's, I'm kind of sidestepping the question, but that's the coolest thing I can think. There's nothing cool in my wallet, I don't think. It's an interesting form of ID, Danny. What's <laughs> what they is had it on the foyer, man? Wanted dead or alive, Mad Dog. That was my name. Mad Dog, Mad Stallion, Twin Oaks Booth. Wanted dead or alive, man. That is two fitting nicknames. Yeah, Mad Dog and the Destroyer, all in all in one package. <laughs> But uh, what is the meanest thing you've ever said to someone? You're not a mean guy, are you? But I mean, I, I, but I'm stupid. <laughs> My favorite saying is people are stupid. And I ain't no different than anybody else. I've said mean things to lots of people, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> thankfully, I can't remember. I'm too old. I can't remember that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's see here. One more good one. This is one of my favorites too. And I don't know, like as long as I've known you, you've kind of rocked the same style, but what is your worst haircut? And in what like time frame age group was it in? Uh, I guess in high school, I just wouldn't cut my hair, you know? <laughs> I so could you see look that. Back and you, you know, you're just a big haired sissy boy, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd have to be at college too. In college, I started parting in the middle, and I've never changed. But before that, I would part it on the side. It looked a mess in some of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed to go back to a high school reunion, you know that kind of that kind of look. I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get embarrassed? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff, Danny. I could go on like this for hours, and I think we'll have to have you on again just for the sheer entertainment value. I think our listeners will say the same. But man, thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Always good to uh, catch up, and look forward to seeing you out at the track sometime soon. Thanks a lot, Luke. Appreciate it. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. 
I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. That's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or, or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at BTE Racing. Today's question is, Luke, what is your target reaction time in a top bulb eighth mile bracket race? The answer, quite simply, is that I typically set up to be 005 on a, on a typical round. The only exception to that is I'll usually set up to be 007 in what I call a blind round, meaning that you come into eliminations without a time trial that day. Like it's the first time that you staged on the track. I'll roll the extra 2000s in in that situation for two reasons. Number one, I've noticed for whatever reason over time, my first hit of the day is most often my quickest. I guess it's just being fresh, not being tired, whatever I attribute that to. And then also too, in that situation, there's just a lot more variables. Like the packages are typically not quite as tight because no one's been down the racetrack that day. So I'm willing to give up 2000s up front. Like the last thing that I want in that situation is to go red. I feel like I've typically got an advantage because I've got good weather prediction experience. I've got a really good race car that I can usually predict from day to day. So I would rather be 10 in that situation than 1000 red. Whereas in the fifth or sixth round, uh, much more willing to get more aggressive. Now, how I came up with that 005 setup or 007 setup, it's not just a random number that I picked out of the air. Like I got there in pretty analytical fashion. Uh, I got to that by analyzing my logbooks, by looking at my typical spreads on the tree, and then weighing the risk of a red light versus the benefit or advantage of having the best reaction time possible. And I walked through that process really specifically in a written training on thisisbracketracing.com. It's titled, How Tight to Set Up. Now, if this is a topic that interests you, that you think you could benefit from, we're offering that training free of charge for a limited time. So check it out today and enjoy. You can access that free resource at thisisbracketracing.com slash pod 134. Again, that's thisisbracketracing.com slash P-O-D 134. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. 
Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.